Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! He is just an obsessive goal scorer. They have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And... I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. What I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. Welcome to our new CBS Sports show, House of Champions YouTube friends. Drop in your comments and questions in the chat and make sure you smash the like and subscribe buttons as we review Champions League match day five. Ian Joy alongside Nigel Rio Coker, Jonathan Johnson and James Bench. Uh, please make sure if you want a month free subscription to Paramount Plus, use the promo code UEFA22 to get your month free. Or you can scan in the top corner as you can see. And uh, make sure you get a month of free action. Match day six is around the corner. There's a lot to talk about. What a day it has been, Nigel Rio Coker. What was your moment of the day, good or bad? Well, for me, I think for me, the, the most disappointing moment is the money that Barcelona spent only to come out of the Champions League in the group stages. And I think for a club of that statue, that history, that is a big failure for them, especially with the money they spent this summer. And you'd have to say again, with the recruitment of Lewandowski, there's a great expectation for them to do well, and they fell at the first hurdle. Are we really kidding ourselves that the moment of the day was not Spurs having that goal? Yeah, it was clearly that. On. It was clearly that. <laughs> it wasn't that. No. Uh, come on, JJ. You know my, my West Ham connection. I can't talk about Spurs. But I'll tell you what, that goal being ruled out has made that group so much more exciting for the last set of games. Well, this what, group it, was, it, was, it was madness. The last five minutes with Atleti and the missed penalty as well. That that's what we love about the Champions League. Just absolute mayhem. What was your moment of the day, good or bad, JJ? Come on. I think, to be honest, that Atleti penalty drama at the end absolutely has to top it. Just, yeah, incredible scenes. James, especially here with the Tottenham fans celebrating that last minute yeah, I mean, and then having it taken so away. You've got a smile on your face. I want to be very clear. My moment of the day was not what happened on the pitch. It was what was happening here at Destination Brooklyn. The joy that surged across these Tottenham supporters after, you know, the struggle of getting back into the game against Sporting. And they finally thought they'd got their winner. And the weight and the nerves and the tension that started engulfing this area. You really, you really took that sign next to the TV personally. I did not. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> These Tottenham fans had brought their signs. Thierry Henry, when, are, when is Arsenal playing? Well, there's a distinct possibility now. It's still in Tottenham's hands. But there's a distinct possibility that Spurs will be joining Arsenal on Thursday nights. And it was quite funny, I have to say. All right, you're watching House of Champions. We're here in Brooklyn. Destination Brooklyn has been taking place. As you can see, it's a different surroundings for all our usual viewers out there. Please make sure you drop in a comment. Let us know what you feel about today's games, yesterday's games, match day five in general. It's been absolutely mild. And 
wild. And somewhere around here, there's someone who's getting selfies and pictures. And see, I don't know if you can see right now, but Christina, Christina. Yeah, we've got a rules analyst expert right here taking selfies and pictures. Get over here. Come on. Taking pictures, as you can see. We're going to discuss what happened in the Spurs game. That last-minute hurricane goal disallowed. James was laughing. Nigel crying maybe just a little bit there. Atletico Madrid, <laughs> what happened in that game right there? I, I was laughing with James for Welcome, the record. Christina, Hello, listen, John, our, our viewers here, it's the first time they've probably saw you on our show as well, House of Champions. Mm. And, uh, you know, we'd like to explain exactly who you are. We said rules and analyst expert. But that has been debated by many a person on HQ. <laughs> Our good old days, right? We go back and forth. So thanks for having me, first and foremost. Yes, this I is saw, incredible. I saw chanting your name on the main stage. You were yeah. the, the superstar. The highest, the highest selfie in town, apparently. I got a little bit of PTSD because the last time my name was chanted, I was usually being chased off of the field. So this is a little <laughs> bit different here. So I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, crazy match day. I mean, match day five in general has been a little bit bizarre. Uh, but the, today's games, the Wednesday slate of fixtures, were really interesting. Obviously, there's multiple games to go through. You had, obviously, something in the Barcelona game. You had something in the Atleti game. You had something also in the Spurs game. Start wherever you want and go wherever you want to go with this. All right, let's go with the Spurs game first because I think that's the one that's causing the most confusion, right? Where we have an offside by Kane that gets negated for offside. The goal was negated for offside. And what a lot of people are confused about, they said the ball went backwards. Well, there's two points about offside that are incredibly important. One is the position of Kane at the time that was played by his attacker, right? And then the second point is, then did he become involved? What people are getting confused is the ball went backwards. Yes, but Kane was in front of the ball at the time it was played. It's that type of offside where you're in an offside position, you come back and play the ball. Now, what threw an extra wrinkle in this is that we had a deflection off of the defender. Keyword, deflection. It's not a deliberate touch, so it doesn't reset the offside line. And that's the reason why everyone saw the ball go backwards, but then it went back to Kane, and everyone's like, I'm so confused. So take note, offside position, check. Became involved in play, check. It was not a deliberate play. It was a deflection by the defender, and therefore, that's why the goal was negated. Yeah, I would so, never have known that. <laughs> yeah, no, because she explained to me earlier. So basically, because it wasn't a deliberate back pass by the defending player, that's why it's an offside. Correct. Simples. Move on to the next one, Christina. Let's go. Uh, so we have our penalty, right? Let's go, right? Yeah, and, crazy game against Leverkusen. Yep. Yeah, and I clarify, there are two potential handling offenses, right? We aren't talking about the second one, hits him in the shoulder, body's in a natural position, he's tight. But when you look at it, and that's what the VAR has the ability, is to slow down, double check, you see that the handling offense actually occurs right before that, and it hits his arm, which anytime we talk about your arm either being at shoulder level or higher – is not going to be considered justifiable. The player's taking a risk, especially in the penalty area, of having those arms in that position that if it hits it, we're going to call handling now based upon how we're being asked to apply the law. And that's why we had penalty. And it was kind of a crazy situation <laughs> after the penalty kick as well because the penalty kick was taken and then obviously there was a header off the crossbar and then the penalty kick taker, Carrasco, he was the one who was on the goal line when his own teammate pinged the ball off him to be cleared. It was craziness, but everything was in check there though, right? Nobody encroached and the goalkeeper was on his line. Nobody encroached, goalkeeper's on the line and this happened after the whistle had already gone. So that just threw other people, right? VAR is still allowed to check even if the referee is like, hey, it's the end of the game. What we call it is we're extending the game where it's additional time on that. And, you know, um, uh, Peter asked a great question, right? As soon as the ball is struck, like, when does that game end? When that sequence ends, right? They say it's either when a defender plays it or another attacker. But common sense and football understanding says you let that play out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's crazy. It's actually very interesting to know actually when that play ends mm. because it's really at the end of the game. And if you're playing, you, you continue to play until the whistle. But when do you blow the whistle? However, there was something in the uh, Barcelona game. I didn't quite catch it. Barcelona by Munich. Was there anything in that one? Or yeah, no? well, we had in there. We get a penalty for Lewandowski. Okay. And, you know, Anthony Taylor, referee on that match, can't blame him. Those are one of the hardest calls. He's standing right behind him. This game is all about angles for a referee, especially yeah. the center referee. Stands behind him. There is legit. It takes it makes a tackle. And from Anthony Taylor's um, perspective, it looks like he gets his foot first before he gets ball. Yep. This is why VAR is here to clear, clear and obvious errors, which the only camera angle that's going to support it is that reverse camera angle on the goal line where a referee will never be. And it's very, very clear. Legit hits the ball first before he hits Lewandowski. And there you go. We overrule the offside. And we also, sorry, the penalty. At the same time, there was a yellow card issued for denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Yep. And that gets negated as well. So very, very good by the referee team on that. And we have our final games for our World Cup referees. All of those individuals are going to the World Cup. The yep. ARs are going to the World Cup. And they are literally hitting these games with They're their final it. two numbs. Yep. Yeah. Christian, another question for you. I mean, you explained that, I'll go back to that Spurs game. Antonio Conte was doing his press conference afterwards. He said, VAR is doing a lot of damage. I want to see in another stadium, a big team, if they're ready to disallow this type of goal. How? And we talk a lot about fan toxicity and social media and all that. How much more challenging does it make a referee's job when, you know, from having it, you explain it to me, I have to assume that Antonio Conte knows these laws of the game as well. Do you? How difficult does it become as a referee when either the managers don't know the, the laws or they're kind of fostering this culture around officiating. No, you hit it too. It's And, you know, FIFA and IFAB are very, very concerned about this. When they implemented VAR, it took quite a bit to implement it because they were so focused on those protocols and the policies because the last thing you want to do is undermine officiating, mm. undermine the integrity. If you don't have integrity or the appearance of impropriety is removed or biased, then what's the point of a referee, right? And so here, I think what VAR is, I believe, truly covering it, especially for TV since 2019, what VAR has highlighted is the nuances in the law yeah. that not many people see. And so now that we have camera angles and we're not at the end of the game, two days later, going into assessments with their match official and saying, oh, shoot, that's what it was. But nobody else seems to know what that is. VAR is highlighting these nuances. And all of a sudden, we're not accepting what everyone wanted was zero mistakes whatsoever from the referee team. Now they're saying, well, now the referee teams are getting these correct. It's unfortunate when we get it incorrect and we have technology, but we're getting it correct. But yet they're like, we don't like the way this feels. So I would be surprised because it's not only them. There's going to be some, as always, there's going to be some balance and adjustments. But the policy set as it is, the protocol, sorry, is the best way to say it. VAR protocol set. But they do as best as they can. And when you have coaches speak out like that, that have such influence, that have such a, a stature and a say of it that can influence viewers, audience, etc., they're going to try to do something behind the scene, at least to say, hey, stop attacking the integrity of VAR. Just want to ask you an important question. Probably the most important question you've been asked today. <laughs> have you liked and subscribed to House of Champions? I have liked. <laughs> I have subscribed to House of Champions. I've retweeted it and I've completely supported it because I was like, this is awesome. So I thought it was a new podcast. And then I realized we just rebranded. So love the name yes. of it as well, especially since I just started watching Game of Thrones and House of Champions. Seems to run in line with the name. Well, you are our champion and you're in our house. We appreciate you. Thank you for everything you do across all of our platforms, Paramount Plus, CBS Sports, HQ, and now House of Champions. Maybe we'll make you a bit of a regular. What do you think about that? Yeah. Hey, anytime I get a chat footy with you all, especially. We, but next time we need the wine, guys. Where are we at yeah, with the yeah, wine? Bring there, the wine. Right? Wow. Don't, don't bring that up. It's a subject. He's the connoisseur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
I, and then we'll get Ted in here at some point as well. We'll have a referees podcast show maybe at some oh, point. Oh, yeah, we That'll should. We should we go back we and really forth. get after it. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Yeah, That's, Christina. Yeah, Christina. That's Christina Uncle. Everybody right there just going through some of the controversial decisions on match day five of the Champions League. You're watching House of Champions. Nigel Rio Coker, Ian Joy, Jonathan Johnson and James Bench. Let's get into it. Group C, action Barcelona losing to Bayern Munich. Um, once again, I bet against Bayern Munich. Once again, Nigel Rio Coker proved me wrong and I should never bet against <laughs> Bayern Munich. Come into victory, Nigel. Well, you're the one who always says there's something not quite right at Bayern and I'm sure that Ian's the same one James that said that Bayern are going to struggle to get out of this group. Bayern are not going to get out of this group by Ian Joy, and that's why he's bottom of the table, correct? But anyway, I mean, they struggled for maybe three minutes at some stage. Yeah, some stages. <laughs> Fifteen points, maximum points, right there for Bayern Munich in the table. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you should ever mention Bayern Munich out of your lips again. Just say the B word. Just don't say Bayern Munich because you don't, you don't have that right to say. All it. Right, all but right. for me, I think again, it's just. It's, it's, it's a great win by Bayern Munich. It's what we expected. They had the luxury to rest players and rotate. But again, it just shows the competitiveness of clubs at that high level. It's Bayern Munich, you're playing Barcelona. Yes, you've already qualified to the next group stages. You can show a bit of arrogance if you wanted. You can rotate your team. But no, they want to show how dominant they are and how competitive they are because Barcelona is seen as a club that's in the same league as them, in that 1% Ocelon. And for me... It just goes to show what Bayern Munich are about. Barcelona, disappointed. I don't think there's any more you can say about Barcelona. With all the money they've spent, the gamble that they took this season to not make it out of the group stages, that for me is very embarrassing for this Barcelona club. Playing, yeah, on, playing, playing on that point, Bayern are always a team in recent years that we've seen who you know take domestic dominance extremely seriously. And they're also competitive on the continental stage. Now, as a Bundesliga lover, Ian... Yep. I have to deal with this quite a lot when I'm talking about PSG and Ligue 1. Is there now a risk that Bayern are starting to get a bit complacent domestically and that they only really feel that they're at their level in Europe based on what we're seeing? You know, I don't even know what it is. When I say for many a month now that there's something not quite right at Bayern Munich, clearly the results have kind of embarrassed that comment right there by winning every single game, by having a 100% record. It's, it's pretty sensational to see. But in the Bundesliga, yeah, to not to not be top. I'm just noticing that change right now. The shift is really coming from Bayern. Starting to really turn it on in the Bundesliga. Starting to score goals. I think even today, you've got Neuer out. He's obviously was missing today. No Sané, he was out as well. So they didn't really miss too much from their team and still managed to put three in the back of the net against Barcelona. And domestically, at times I think the problem, and you probably noticed this with PSG, they're a little bit guilty of taking their eye off the ball for a split second. They find themselves behind the goal in many games. If you're better out there, it's probably not bad because you can go and wait for Bayern to concede a goal before they go and put three in the back of the net. But at the same time, so, Ian, you've got to say as well that there just always is a greater challenge in the Champions League. It, for yeah. most of these leagues, it's just not... Players getting up for that, it more? Yes, 100%. Because again, I'm not being out of order. You speak about being in that Bayern dressing room. You know the history of the club. You know what it is to be there. When you're talking about a game against Barcelona at the new Camp, you're going to be a lot more up for that than being up for playing against Freiburg. Yeah, and but can, no I, can I ask you about... The, you, you're talking about the criticism towards the Bundesliga here. And of course, the Bundesliga is very close to my heart. I haven't played in Germany for five years. But if you look at the German teams who are in this competition right now, Leipzig, if you look at Borussia Dortmund, if you look at Eintracht Frankfurt and you look at Bayern Munich, it's going all right. Compared it's going to Spanish right. clubs as well. But Spanish one, clubs. One, three, the rest out. Is it, yeah. isn't, isn't that a full house of German wins this midweek in the Champions League as well? Yeah. Uh, Dortmund drew against Manchester That's City. Good. But again, it's, 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 it's just the fact that <laughs> it's, it's, it's the law of the Champions League. 
these players do pick themselves up because again, it's it's the, the big clubs are playing the big clubs, historic clubs. And again, like we said, Bayern Munich could have taken their foot off the gas today, but they didn't. And they've beaten Barcelona home and away. And the record against Barcelona, it's just it's it's literally laughable at how I, successful I, Bayern and Munich. I, and I think when we, we talk about Bayern Munich, it's really important that we don't forget how dreadful Barcelona were today and have been through a, for several games. I think you know, as we said. They played some good football under Xavi, but right now, zero shots on target, not drawing a save in a match you needed. Well, you, I suppose you didn't need to win, but in the end. But it felt like a really tame way to exit the competition. Like, even if, and I think Nigel hit on a good point here, they, they've had so many hard times against Bayern Munich of late. I think the value, even if it doesn't mean anything in terms of getting in the top two, but the value of having of, of beating Bayern Munich would be quite significant yeah. to Xavi, to the club. Just to show, look, we've been a bit unlucky with the draw. We've been a bit unlucky against Inter, but we still belong at the, that level. But well, this has yeah, been a game that convinced me. James, were they unlucky, though, with the draw of the group? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you would have thought that they would have fancied themselves against Inter over two games. Well, but I mean, Inter is still uh, one of the hardest teams in pot three. So it was but they were it's e- equally a team should, they, should, they should have beat them. They should have beaten Inter. No doubt about it. They, they should have been in the top two. I mean, I... I but it was a it was the toughest draw they could have got, and it all comes down to those two games. It, although it doesn't need to, if you can go and do something against Barcelona uh, against Bayern Munich, and I think these games are just they exist in a series to to document by Barcelona's downfall. And I think the sad thing is, I don't think this summer has done a huge amount to arrest that. I mean, Robert Lewandowski. Let's pick on him and look at the bigger picture. <laughs> yeah, he had. A, yeah, he might have had a penalty today. He's not. He's not been amazing in the Champions League group stage. He's no, won he 30, has not. 33, 34. They've got him up for four years. How? I mean, this is a. He scored you, five, didn't he? In the Champions League this group stage. Yeah. I mean, what, he hasn't been good against Bayern Munich. That's what matters. You know, you've signed Robert Lewandowski for those games. For those games. That's not, the point. Not that, to bully he, Victoria Pilsen. I can go back to the Bundesliga. So, so then does that mean that Barcelona are relying on a Lewandowski to save them out of the mess that they're in right now when you've got yes. so many talented youngsters who are playing I, I a would lot say of money that. in that squad? I mean, would they rely say that. too heavily on him. I would say the signing of Lewandowski is taken Bayern Munich, was expected to take Bayern Munich to another level. That goal scorer, one of the best goal scorers in world football with the records year in, year out of what he did for the Champions League for Bayern Munich, that was that pivotal signing that they expected to take them to be successful in the Champions League. It had to do that now. It hasn't produced. It had to do that now because in two years' time, even, even with what we're seeing with veterans, you have to assume, unless he proves you wrong, you have to assume that Lewandowski in two years' time will have fallen off a bit. Yeah, also, they needed to make that leap now to make the money back to make to, to make everything better. This is yes, they quite, that money. This is quite significant. I mean, you're talking losses of twenty million now. You balance that out a bit by not having to pay anyone a bonus because you ain't getting a bonus for what you've just done yeah, in the group now, stage. Now but, they only owe seven hundred and fifty million euros uh, back instead of the eight hundred. I mean, that's such right a massive it. amount of pressure to put on just one player. I mean, I know he's Lewandowski. I know his scoring record is phenomenal in the Champions League, but to you know, sort of pin all of the hopes and you know, essentially. The, the financial future of the club on him scoring goals and continuing to score goals like we've seen him do at Bayern Munich in a completely different team. Yeah, there are star elements to that team, but a new team that's going to have to be rebuilt by a manager who's come in. The mission brief has changed midway through his tenure. You know, that is a lot of pressure and a, a very difficult situation for any player to go into. I mean, what Lewandowski, as world-class a goal scorer as he is, 
you know, it's it's still going to be a lot Can't of pressure. For him. No, exactly. And I, you know, I think there is this expectation that he can, that he would deliver those goals single-handedly at times. Well, JJ, JJ it's funny because you say that, but then when you watch Bayern Munich, all the creativity comes from one player, Dembele. Dembele's been the Barcelona, main... <coughs> yeah, sorry, Barcelona. It's Dembele. Dembele's been the main man for Barcelona to bring all the creativity. And even him, he's struggling with that burden now. And that's not what you're used to seeing with Barcelona. Yeah. When you look at Barcelona, creativity comes from pretty much all the players there. Yeah. And I think that expectancy and that burden on Dembele creating things and Lewandowski not doing it against clubs that he was brought in for is a well, problem. Look, look at the midfields. Kessier, Busquets, De Jong. It's nothing special, really. De Jong's gone off. Busquets is too old. Kessier's not going to create. I mean, and then you've got Rafinha as well, who should be sharing some of that burden, you oh. know, helping to... to Started off well, and now he's just kind of fizzled out a bit, Rafinha. Yeah, with the results going the way they have done. But obviously, from a player's perspective, really quickly, because we saw the earlier kickoff today where Inter Milan um, absolutely smashed Plzenia, or Pilsen, however you want to pronounce it there. Uh, Mkhitaryan opened the score in 35 minutes, and Aiden Dzeko got a couple of goals. Uh, he also scored his third in the Champions League this campaign. And Romelu Lukaku back for Inter. Oh, I mean, now, now they're through. Ten points for Inter, pretty good. Going into match day six, no pressure on them whatsoever. But now, as you mentioned, there's a little bit of an unsettled ship, Inter Milan, going into this campaign what was it like for the Barcelona players going into Bayern Munich today thinking, ah, we're already out? It's, it's a tough one. Mentally, if you know you're out, yes. But then, depending on the club that you're at, and I think a club like Bayern Munich, uh, Barcelona, they would have that standard of, yes, we're out, but we still have to represent this club and we are playing Bayern Munich, one of the top contenders. So there's still that expectancy to win and put in a performance. Yep. Like you said, it's showing that we still belong in this competition. To go out the way that they did and to lose again today, it just shows how far Barcelona are right now from yeah. other clubs they've competed against. Let's touch upon Inter real quickly before we get out of this group here. Big win for Inter Milan. And to get out of this group, really impressive, I believe, because I think maybe many people underestimated, I'm probably guilty of that as well, underestimated what Inter are, the results that they got. And now you welcome back a fit Romelu Lukaku, hopefully. It could be something going into the knockouts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it gives them a bit of momentum as well. You know, they started to arrest their flaky domestic form. Uh, you know, and I think this is another feather in Inzaghi's cap. A few weeks ago on the show, we were sort of, you know, writing his uh, obituary. And now suddenly, you know, he looks a little bit more in control of his own destiny. Uh, you know, and, and Inter, you know, they'll be absolutely delighted with that because they'll have looked at that draw and thought, you know, perhaps, especially given the, the awkward start to the season they had, that they were maybe the, the sort of the weaker link out of those three t three clubs. So to finish where they finished, you know, with a game to spare going through, Barca going out, uh, you know, I think that is a, a massive uh, achievement for them. And like you said, with Lukaku coming back, that suddenly adds a new complexion to the couple of weeks left before the World Cup break. Just going to give you all a chuckle here. I actually had Bayern Munich going out of the group stage, believe it or not. I told you. I had Inter Milan going through with Barcelona and Bayern Munich going out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. You're watching House of Champions. Let's turn our attention to Group D, which uh, where all the action is at right now, James Bench. Um, obviously, we've got to start with the Tottenham Hotspur game. It was a crazy game. Edwards opened the score and f- to make it 1-0 in the 22nd minute. He's had a very good campaign for Sport and Lisbon, who were very impressive. Nigel actually tipped them to win this game. Uh, Benton pulled one back to make it 1-1 with 10 minutes left. And we just thought maybe Spurs were going to get that victory. They eventually got a goal in the 95th minute for a video review to step in and take that goal away. Put a smile on your face. I mean, a bit, a little bit. I'll be I mean, honest. of course, you know, <laughs> as you know, a journalist, it's very important to be objective about these things. But also, we want to see some drama in the final uh, in the final round of games. It, I, I think, what it did is it told us a lot about Tottenham that we already know, which is that that when you know they can be incredibly clunky. And until until that Bentancur goal went in, let's all be honest, none of us thought that Tottenham looked anywhere near scoring a goal. They had so much of the ball. Sporting did what any team would do in that situation, and maybe they should have done less of it. They sat off. They tried to hold on to what they had. You know, there's clearly some tired legs in there. And actually, I thought Tottenham were really wheezing and struggling to get past them. We've seen that quite a bit with Antonio Conte's teams. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's... Especially he's, over the last three games, James. They've not looked the best over the last three games, Spurs. Yeah, it's gone, Nigel. I was just going to say, James, would you say that the form that they've shown in the Premier League it's kind of gone into the Champions League now because even in the Premier League, they still didn't look convincing, but they've been getting out results. But then in the Champions League, it's another higher level of quality. And you can see now that they're I, nearly they're, not Even when the pressure is on, though. I mean, look at those scenes uh, at the end of the game. Look at the celebrations, what it meant to them. Look at the fact that Conte gets himself red-carded after the game. You know, that shows that there is now this pressure building up. You know, Spurs are going to have to go to Marseille. Not an easy place to go, especially while OM can still get out of the group here. You know, that's a really difficult atmosphere to take on. You've suddenly not got Conte on the sideline as well. You know, the, the pressure is definitely on Spurs here. There was, it was very easy and it's natural when it's a manager who's been as successful as Conte and is such a remorseless winner. To see early in the season Tottenham not playing as well as they could, kind of scraping the wins, getting, getting just about getting by and convincing yourself, oh, well, the performances will get better and therefore Tottenham will become a title contender, will be, will will race to the top of the group. But actually, the reality is the performances haven't got better and the results have started reflecting those performances because Son, we kind of need to say, Son is not having a good season Doesn't at all. Harry Kane's season has been good, but it's not been great and he's going to be carrying a huge load throughout this season and in the World Cup. Son. And and Antonio Conte now is really clearly very unhappy. Still top of the group, though. I guess we, we, we can't really criticise them too much. Go ahead, no, I was just going to say, songs at his best when he's not restricted. And under Antonio Conte, the style that he plays, you are restricted as a player. We see how drop, uh, how deep Song drops, Harry Kane himself drops because of Conte's style. You have to play that. When Song's given the freedom to be a bit more aggressive, a bit more positive and proactive, he's a different player. And I think when you look at Tottenham's performance, you kind of still get that thing in there where... They're the nearly club. They're nearly there. They're not quite there, but they're nearly there. And that's what I'm getting from the performances from what I've seen in Tottenham in this Champions League. 
pretty impressive performance from Sporting Lisbon once again. As you mentioned, James, they, they were not sitting back and defending. They were trying to attack this Tottenham Hotspur side. They've got a really good chance now. If you look at the group table, they're very, very tight now. And it goes into match day six. All four of these teams can go through. Are they at home to Frankfurt? Tottenham. Tottenham have got eight points, Sporting Lisbon on seven points, Frankfurt on seven points, and Marseille on six points. So Tottenham have to go to Marseille on match day six. Let's touch upon that real quickly, and I'll check out and see if they're at home to Frankfurt in the last game. I believe Frankfurt at home. Go ahead. Well, I mean, as JJ was mentioning there, the Velodrome, very tough place to go at the best of times. And don't forget, you know, they might have beaten, it was two two Richarlison goals, I think. They might have beaten uh, Marseille at home. But they beat 10-man Marseille. And, and when it was 11 against 11, Marseille were playing them off the pitch. I just, I think clearly, undoubtedly, Tottenham have the quality to win this game and win this group. But it's it's really less than some of its parts at the moment. And it's, it's long, we're long since far enough into the season that we should be seeing these players playing at their best consistently. This is a tough are. game. This is a tough game. And of course, obviously, Paul and French football as close as you do. Marseille will probably have taken this last game of the last game of the group stage. You've got Tottenham at home, a win and you're in. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a Tottenham that they will fancy their chances against based on their experience in the first match away from home, and also the the situation that uh, the Tottenham are in right now. I mean, Marseille themselves are going through a bit of a flaky patch of form uh, in terms of their domestic results at the moment. But you know, if you told them right, you know, you over ninety minutes at home a full start velodrome you know if you get the job done against spurs you book your ticket in the next uh, in the next round i think they would have taken that especially given the way that they started the group yeah. with two losses uh you know and i think that was a huge result for sporting lisbon to show something against spurs as well given how they sort of threw away such a good start to the group six points from six and then suddenly losing two on the bounce so this the whole group is set up really really <laughs> intriguingly for this final round again i can't wait match day six is going to be absolutely fantastic in this group on the other game it was eintracht frankfurt with a 2-1 victory over marseille uh daichi opened the score in three minutes into the game ganduzi pulled one back to make it 1-1 before colo muani made it 2-1 uh, very impressive from Eintracht Frankfurt they've made this game very interesting now and you said that Eintracht Frankfurt are away to Sporting away to in that sporting. last game yeah it's going to be tough so I guess the question would be who comes out of the group now you've got as I mentioned before Tottenham top Sporting second Frankfurt third and Marseille at the bottom but there's only two points separating top and bottom who comes out of the group Tottenham and Sporting I'm going Tottenham and Sporting I think what you guys have just discussed there is right Marseille is a difficult place to go and get a result, but I think this is the game that scoops Spurs the best. It's a cup final for them to get out of there. They know what's at stake. Yes, Conte's not going to be on the sideline now, obviously, because he's suspended, but I think he knows that he's going to have to let the players know it's a cup final. You have to go for it. And realistically, let's be real, Tottenham have the quality to beat Marseille. They've got a great quality attacking force and they should beat Marseille because even with the performance today I wasn't convinced that Marseille even but, if Marseille but play you know, are you not tempting fate betting against Marseille given you went so big on them for your predictions today yeah no, you Jonathan now he's angry <laughs> Jonathan now he's angry I'm going for the Spurs win okay <laughs> where you going with JJ who comes out of the group you know what? Uh, I'm I'm going to try and be positive about the French chances. I'm going to say that Marseille beats Spurs. I'm going to say it's a crisis for Spurs. After Make that. sure you pick Marseille when we do our picks. Yeah. Okay, don't just well, say on that. I haven't right. seen James Ben so happy with the comment you've made in such a long time. And he just said Spurs are getting knocked out. James, <laughs> 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 I I have um, I have Sporting topping the group. I think Spurs will Spurs will scrape a point in Marseille and get through that way. 
We got some comments coming in here. Sandro Mauro says, Portuguese team's not looking so bad. Porto got proper revenge and Sporting obviously getting uh, a very important Porto win. Porto great. with Porto a big, great. big win. We're going to turn our attention right now to Porto in Group B right now, but we're not going to start with the Porto win against Brugge. 4-0 away from home. Fantastic performance from them individually. Taremi was terrific today. Um, it was Atletico against Leverkusen. The game finished 2-2. It was absolutely incredible, <laughs> the finish to this game. I mean, a missed penalty in the 98th minute. I mean, eight-minute added time. 98th minute, uh, Carrasco misses the penalty kick. 2-2. Atletico can continue their uh, potential get, advance to get to the knockout just stages. He the penalty, though, as you pointed out to me. He misses the penalty. Then he gets hit in front of the goal, which deflects the ball out. Many would call that good defending, JJ. Many <laughs> would call that good defending. But Simeone not too happy about that at all because that puts Atletico out of the, the running now and they're out of the competition for the knockout. So... Desperately disappointing campaign from Good Atleti. Riddance. I don't want to go to Nigel because I know what he's going to say. So I'm going to come to you, James. Good riddance. I mean, even like look, even here, they they were really tough to enjoy watching. They didn't wake up till Diaby scored earlier on. They made such heavy weather of then coming back again. And James, it, it, just tell the truth. Tell the truth of the whole campaign so far. And was, Atletico is a tough team to watch. Yep. I'd rather watch paint drive than watching Atletico Madrid. That's, oh, that's the story of the last five years according to our producer uh, Des. According to Des, who's an <laughs> Atletico fan, but it's true. It's not even just today's game. Let's be, they've been yep. so tough to watch and enjoy and I think the whole penalty situation just sums up what Atletico have been about so far in this campaign. But you're really going to have to watch them on Thursday nights now. I'm, uh, well, unless Leverkusen can... Choice, no chance. I'm not watching them. Here's an interesting aside, though, on that. It's not just Atleti dropping out of the Champions League. You've got Barca going out, Sevilla going out. This is a really weak showing from the La Liga clubs. You've only got Real going through. I mean, I know they're defending champions, but still, you know, that that is quite intriguing to me. It is very That's intriguing. I mean, listen, today was a great opportunity for them against Leverkusen, who were bottom of the table coming into it. I mean, Leverkusen were on three points. They've just got Xavi Alonso obviously coming back. You would say there was an extra emphasis from Alonso to try and get a good result against Atleti being back in Spain. Uh, they got off to a great start. Musso Diaby scored his fourth goal of the season. Um, in the ninth minute, Carrasco equalised things to the second goal all comps. Callum Hudson-Odoi made it. Uh, one minute later, they made it 2-1 to Leverkusen before then DePaul in the second half early on made it 2-2. And obviously, we thought that Atleti were going to get that job done with a penalty kick being awarded. But it was just crazy the way the game finished there. Desperately disappointing campaign from Leverkusen, I must add. Uh, been shocking to watch in the Bundesliga. Now Xavi Alonso's in charge there. It's been pretty poor they, they miss They miss Florian Wirtz a lot, don't they? They do. And that's an, it's amazing to say for such a young 19. kid. How much responsibility is on his shoulders? But, but, is, say this but, is, but is salvaging a Europa League spot really that much of a failure for Leverkusen, <laughs> given is. the scenario? It is. Yeah. I, I think if you can get into that Europa League position, you put yourself into an, an opportunity to win a trophy. Because top they, they four for them know. might be too Don, far. This Jonathan, year. be careful of listening to Ian, because he did say Bayern Munich weren't going to get out of the group stages. But, uh, be I, careful, Bayern. Uh... I, I, I actually disagree. That Leverkusen, on, on, on paper... No reason why they couldn't have got out of that group. I mean, we forget kind of the two teams that finished above them, Club Brugge, who we saw maybe just had had some good games, and there was nothing but, more okay, than that. Say that. And Porto, who are good, but I would say there's no reason why Leverkusen couldn't have have, have expected to finish in the top two there. Yeah. But even though we haven't got to the Club Brugge game again, we talk about how goals change games. You look yeah. at Club Brugge today. Get onto it, Nigel. Now we can turn our attention right there. They missed two penalties at a vital time in the game where they could have equalised that and then we would have seen a complete different game because the momentum was in favour of Club Rouge. And it just shows 
how clinical you have to be in this competition yeah. because you get the first penalty, keeper made a great save. Mm. You get the second penalty with a different penalty taker and the keeper makes an even superb save. And it just shows that the difference is that the, the fine margins of this competition, if Club Bruges had scored that goal and equalised, we would have seen a complete different result. And, it, and, and you, that's what... And you were saying before Porto's opener as well, and I agree with you completely, some lovely, great structure, great work ethic to that Club Brugge team. And I mean, I've been quite sceptical about them and I, I still don't think they're going to, you know, win a, a knockout round. But I think they, I think if you don't take them seriously, they might. They're so you know. young though as well. They're a work in progress yes. for sure. I mean, if they can manage to keep the core of that team together, they could be a team you know, that has aspirations to make deep runs in the Champions League in the future. Yeah, and yeah, but obviously, obviously they can't keep the core of that team together because any time a European club does well from outside the big leagues, that core's getting ripped up. <laughs> what about, Arsenal was circling. What about Porto? We don't talk a lot about Porto and again, put themselves into such a prime position here, qualifying out of the group on the nine points. And they were terrific today. Taremi's had a, a great campaign after getting sent off in the first match day, if I'm not mistaken, against Atleti. 11 goals this season across all competitions. Is fourth in the Champions League. And they won by four goals to nil. Porto are a team that maybe you should start to worry about when it comes to the knockout stage. You certainly don't want to face them. I mean, I think the thing about Porto as well is, OK, maybe it's not the best vintage of Porto that we've seen, but... They're a club that's always in the Champions League, so they always have that experience. They, they're used to playing at this level. It doesn't phase them. And that's why I think they're able to take some of these teams by surprise. I'll admit, I didn't particularly fancy this Porto side in the group. Uh, I was very high on Brugge. I was a lot higher on Leverkusen than I probably should have been. But, uh, you know, I do think that this Porto side, they have a few key players, but they have that experience, that character that you need, that ability to be, you know, gritty at the best of times. Uh, you know, and, you know, I think not many clubs are really going to want to draw this Porto side. The, 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 penalties, the penalties as well have got the headlines, but Diogo Costa in the Porto, in the Porto goal, he's some player. I, I was seeing some Man United supporters I follow on Twitter begging for him because he is the ultimate modern goalkeeper, not just the shot-stopping. If you watch his distribution for a few games, also this kid his, is going also to Also his top. penalty saves. And his pen I mean, it always helps. It's always nice yeah. if he can save two penalties <laughs> in a row. He's, he's saved three penalty kicks already. Unbelievable. Thanks to producer Des for that one right there. Um, listen, I will say this, though. This game is going to be interesting in the last match day of this group because Atletico Madrid, they have to go to Porto and try to get a victory to try and finish in third spot. Leverkusen are home to Club Brugge, so could get a bit tasty in the fight for that Europa League spot as well. And Who do you think will finish in that Europa League spot, Nigel? Atleti <sighs> or Leverkusen? Uh, you just have to say it's just going to be typical Athletic to finish in that spot. I think Athletic will finish in that spot somehow, somewhere. But if, but if they Find don't, the if, they, if they don't, what happens? What happens Nothing's going to happen. They've what already said they're going to stick Liga? with. They're going to stick with Diego Simeone. <laughs> I think it's embarrassing for the Liga, like you pointed out, that only Real Madrid are through. It's very embarrassing for the league, a league that's so highly regarded and holds himself in such high regards and high standard. Only Real Madrid are through. You got big clubs, big historic clubs in this competition not making out of group stages where they should have made it out, at least with the, the calibre of the players that they have. But you just feel somehow, some way that Atletico are going to end up in that competition. 
Thanks to everybody for tuning in. You're watching House of Champions. It's the Enjoy alongside Nigel Rio Coker, Jonathan Johnson, James Benj. We are in Brooklyn. Destination Brooklyn has just ended on Paramount Plus. Kate Abdo and the wonderful crew there put everybody through a fantastic show for the last couple of days. It's been awesome because the games did not disappoint, including Group A. There was two convincing victories today. Uh, Liverpool got the job done against Ajax Amsterdam. Nigel Rio Coker! You didn't think that was going to happen? No. Liverpool got the job done. Well done. Turn the page. <laughs> Mo Salah, 10th goal of the season. Uh, Darren Nunes on the score sheet after missing an absolute sitter in the first half. I'm sure you could go and enjoy that and laugh at his expense after hitting the post from three yards. Not as bad as the miss that we saw yesterday in the Shakhtar. Don't I don't know. It wasn't far off. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Harvey Elliott. No, oh, nice you know to what? see him on the score sheet. Ian, quickly before you move on, though. Yeah. How disappointed are you guys in Ajax? Because before this competition started, there was a three lot points. of high praise. And they, I mean, they started so well against no, 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 Rangers. No, no, no. Hold on a minute, though. You say how disappointed we are in Ajax. You must not forget that they sold players and made probably 250 million euros from Hold on. One, one hundred of that is still questionable for one player that left. Second, also, second year. That's still questionable. Still right now. Also, why don't, why don't we open up that question? Are we not disappointed in Rangers as well? Europa League finalists last season, no <laughs> zero points here. I'm not disappointed. Know, Paul, thanks, thanks, JJ, for bringing I, it yeah. up. There. JJ, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not disappointed in Rangers. Though, I'm not, JJ. I, I, I neither, expected that. I'm neither disappointed nor surprised in either team. All right. Real I mean, quick, as you like, said, Ajax have been gutted two summers in a row. Yeah. Two summers in a row. Oh, come on. We, listen, we just gave do? praise to Benfica that they lost some um, key players for their team but then, and they still managed to keep a bit but of But that doesn't mean that it's do bad well. of Ajax to have, to have not done what Benfica did. Listen, I don't want to spend too much time on the air because Napoli were the best team in that group by far. Yes. Better than Liverpool, better than Rangers, absolutely, and better than Ajax Amsterdam and thoroughly deserve to... Hey, set Liverpool can still top this group. Uh, yeah, oh, sure, James, sure, but, you know, uh, uh, they can. They can do it. James. Let's move on from that one. Um, obviously, we got Europa League action, PSV against Arsenal coming up. Uh, James Bench, what we got here? We got a touch upon it, yeah. why not? Yeah, not really bothered by that, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but top of the group up no, it's, it's really important. I mean, if, especially, and you know, if we look at the teams now that are dropping down, the yeah. likes of Sevilla. You don't want to play in those games. You Can't get out of those wait. games. You scrabble, you scrabble as quickly as you can to get into that top spot. And I mean, not just for all the things we always say about teams playing in the Europa League, that you want to get your group one so you can rest players. But the fact that group winners get that bye to the round of 16. I remember last year, West Ham were obsessed with it and they were playing their strongest teams yeah. to, get, to get those results. It is... It's such a it's such a boost when you've got a small so squad. Is there a team you're targeting dropping out of the Champions League that you'd like to see Arsenal draw? Barca, no. Barca. Oh, actually, no. I would. No, I've no. discussed this with. Uh, I've discussed Barcelona. this with. If you're good people. enough, you'd be. you able to beat. I've Barca. discussed this with the people that hold the purse strings at CBS. I'm keen for Turin. I want Turin. I want Barcelona. Give me all the trips. Give me all the trips. And maybe a North London derby in Budapest in the final. That would be quite fun. Um, <laughs> actually, no. A North London derby in Budapest sounds quite risky. <laughs> Uh, listen, boys, it's been absolutely fantastic having you here with us. Uh, obviously, Destination Brooklyn took place right behind us. It's great to have us all together as a team. You've been following us from re remote locations. James has been in London. John's been in Paris. Nigel's been wherever he is. I have no idea where he lives, but he's been wherever he is, uh, wherever he has Wi-Fi or internet connection when he pays his bills. Um, but it's been awesome to be together, Nigel Rio Coker, with the guys. How was Speak New York for you? Oh, it was great. We had a great time. Great people, great human beings with great knowledge of the game of football and great opinions. We give great insights from different people. I had a fantastic time. 
We even got Des, our producer, to come on there and talk about his uh, Atletico problems and had a fantastic Yeah, time. as we were warming up the fans, producer Des, they, you know, obviously the people here in attendance got to meet him in person. At some point, we'll introduce him to you as well. I know he's only been producing the show he for the last for radio, years. He has a face for radio. He has a face for uh, radio, <laughs> many has said. Uh, your first time in New York, though, JJ, uh, how was it? I mean, we're not done yet, but you are flying home later tonight back yeah, to Paris. Absolutely. Uh, you know, flying visit, loved it, had a great time, and most importantly, got to, you know, spend some real quality time with you guys the extended team uh you know two years deep in this project and now finally getting to meet in the flesh with the guys outside of europe it's yeah fantastic james bench unbearable unbearable i know nigel is i know nigel is but what about you jj i mean special meeting you two then nigel is what you cannot deny is that nigel riococo has been here Get your voice back. About how about you get your voice back, Arsenal boy? That, that probably anyway. tells you how good this trip has been for all of us. Also, We're all losing our voice. You gotta say thank you to all the production. Everyone has been there and helped us to make this happen. Yep. Really appreciate everyone, and without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. So thanks to everyone behind. Listen, the I feel like we should get some people in here. I mean, anyone who's in here, come on, come on, behind the scenes. We don't get come to see faces too often. Here, so come on, face We're radio. Radio. come on, Sorry, guys. Get in the picture here. Come on, yeah, Desi, get your eye Boys, behind the camera probably can't make it, but if you could just sneak your eyeball through there as well. This is the team behind the scenes that's putting this on for you across yeah. all of CBS Sports platforms as well. Social media, podcast, and whatever shows it is. We can't thank them enough for bringing us guys together as well. We really appreciate Teamwork all the great the work, work that you guys do. Teamwork does make the dream work, but thank you to Fantastic. everybody and you boys as well for making the trip. I know it's not been easy, but getting you away from your busy schedules to come out here. It's been a real pleasure to spend some time with you. And we always want to thank everybody out there for watching. We can't thank you enough for subscribing, for liking, for spreading the word about House of Champions as well. I know the name has recently changed. I know I'm new in this game as well, but I'm enjoying every single minute and it's because of all of you that I am here as well. So make sure that you like and subscribe. Please make sure you take a minute to leave us a rating and a review also on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. We're also available as a video Unfortunately for Nigel, we yes. so make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. House of Champions will be back on Friday. We're going to let the guys get home safely. We'll be back on Friday for a preview of the weekend's action. The games do not stop coming. The shows are not stopping coming your way as well. You're watching House of Champions. We're in Brooklyn. Yeah, Destination Brooklyn over and out. See you next time. <laughs>